Hello, Billy Rainford here from Direct Motocross. We've got a podcast here with a gentleman who is, uh, well, he's part Canadian, part American. Uh, he grew up in the Ottawa area, moved to California. We'll, of course, let him tell you all this. But uh, I've got Bjorn Viney on the phone. He's got uh, some pretty cool, uh, interesting things happening in his life. Bjorn, first of all, thanks for uh, just having a chat with us. No problem, Billy. Yeah, I mean, now... Um, Let's let's kind of you know for people who maybe don't uh, don't know you that well or aren't, aren't sure and they're listening to this and they're kind of curious. Tell us a little bit about you. I know I know you're from Ottawa, but your family moved to California. Obviously, can you just like when you you grew up in Ottawa and you came up racing against kids like who? Um, I grew up racing against uh, Jake Trico and um, uh, what else did I grew up racing? I grew up against Nick uh, Giles and Connor Arsenal and. All those great guys. Okay, cool. And then, and then, um, obviously, what, when did you guys? At what age did you guys move out? Were you still on uh, Super Minis and eighty fives when you first moved to California? Yeah, I was uh, early eighty five when I moved here. I was thirteen. Okay, so okay. So your family, your dad, obviously, Alf Viney. Yeah, uh, you guys moved out to Northern California, and then um, you moved to this to Marietta, which uh, and you guys got like motocross heaven there with the supercross track and everything right yeah yeah the house we have now has a really awesome supercross track in the backyard it's pretty cool you wake up you go downstairs having breakfast and uh you see a big supercross track in the backyard and look up so, <laughs> nice now no. nice, uh, sorry i was gonna say now i've kind of gotten to know you guys pretty well over the past few years here and uh it was like a couple years ago i kind of thought you were your interest in the sport was not to, you know you weren't uh, direct, definitely leaving, but you were kind of uh, looking at other options. It seems, and then you got this place, and you were just full bore again, right? I mean, you were Supercross Futures, you did all kinds of stuff, right? Yes, yeah. Once I got this place, um, and once I got the SoCal, I was uh, kind of up the training uh, to another level, um, just because Southern California has uh, a lot of opportunity for um, training and. Uh, racing just because uh the environment down here is set up for it so yeah right now am i kind of right though in saying that a few years ago you were there was a chance you were going to leave the sport um no a few no like two years ago i was uh i actually didn't have any second thoughts too much about other stuff i actually started thinking about um like my future uh maybe about a year ago um like, while I was in my full training mode, I just uh, was trying to look ahead, make sure that I had uh, a plan for what I wanted to do, because uh, I just didn't want to, like, you know, be at home my whole life, so, <laughs> yeah, I was looking for, um, you know, what I really wanted to do with the uh, rest of my life, and, uh, yeah, I, I found uh, the military, and I thought the military was pretty similar to motocross, so I, uh, I chose that as my career path. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by this. So, how old are you right now, by the way? I'm 19 years old. Okay, so you're 19. Now, let's we'll get to the whole uh, military thing in a, in a second here, because it's pretty interesting that uh, just for you listening here, that uh, it he's decided to step away from the motocross, chasing the pro, chasing the pro dream, and head into the military. So, we're going to talk about that obviously in a few minutes. But um, the the decision, and I was you know talking to your dad, of course, about this kind of stuff with him and. Uh, was it just, I mean, you had some success at the Futures. I mean, it looks like you could have gone somewhere. But what uh, what kind of prompted you to decide this? Um, 
it was mostly, uh, you know, the financial side of it and the stability um, of uh, of your life. Um, in motocross, there's not a lot of stability. So I just, uh, you know, I wanted to have something that is just as challenging as motocross, um, just has the same style of goals, you know, how you want to be the best soldier you can be, you want to be the best racer you can be. Um, you know, and there's lots of different paths you can do. You know, I'm joining as infantry, um, and I want to be doing special forces type stuff and then uh, transfer over to being pilot later on. Um, so, you know, it gives me a lot of, of goals and different things I can do. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the reason that I chose to go away from motocross. Okay, now, and just getting back to the motocross part of it, I mean, anybody watching from the outside would see that, you know, you're super, super smooth, you were still improving. Uh, was it just the grind of it, or did you just, I mean, for myself, I just the whole, you know, thinking of what it would take to get to that next level is what kind of drove me away, and I just kind of was like, yeah, you know what, I think I'll move on. But uh, what was it for you that kind of did it? You mentioned the stability of... Oh, yeah, it had nothing to do with the grind of it or how much I loved it, because I still loved it until the day I stopped uh it had nothing to do with how much I liked doing it. It was more um, how I was thinking about myself while I was doing it. You know, um, you know, I, I I like to I want to be very independent. You know, um, I just want to you know accomplish things for myself. And I always rely on my parents. You know, um, you know they're paying for my racing and stuff like that. And I just and I was living. I don't want to live at home. You know, until I'm like 25 years old. I want to be out on my own. You know have my own goals and rely on myself. Um, that was mostly the main part of it. It had nothing to do with, uh, like it had a little bit to do with, um, you know, financial stuff in motocross, like, I, cause I couldn't do it on my own. So my parents, you know, so like there's that, but, um, it was mostly just how I felt about myself doing it. Uh, I was always, you know, thinking that I was lower than other people just because, you know, I would see somebody the same age as me, you know, get my life started and, uh, you know, starting to make some money and um, not living at home. So I just wanted to uh, start my life as an adult and, uh, yeah, just, uh, like, live not with my parents. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I mean, but then it's like there'll be people listening and be like, man, you're so close to kind of taking that next step. But, of course, that next step without the factory ride and stuff would have been just throwing money at it and chasing it and chasing it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know personally that I could have made it to that next, next step. Um, and like, no question about it. I, I could have, uh, been a top pro. I, I believe in myself that I could have done that. Um, it was just that I think it would have took me four years more of a grind until I would have been, uh, one of the top supercross racers. I think it would have been four more years of a grind and, uh, four more years is four more years. Um, that it's a guessing game. I might make it. I might not make it. Um, if I get hurt, um, you know, that's a bigger setback. So, you know, I feel that I, like I said, it was more about the stability. Um, the military, you know, if you get hurt, you're still going to get paid and you still, they take care of you. Um, in motocross, if you get hurt, you know, um, you, you can get kicked to the curb, you know. So it's just that aspect, uh, a little more stable environment in the military. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I can, I can appreciate and I'm impressed by the, you know, the fact that you had that forethought to do that. And I mean, you're just kind of thinking about your future. So, I mean, you certainly can't, certainly can't knock that. Of course, uh, you know, everybody listening is probably like, man, 
living the dream, racing dirt bikes and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, well, you know, everyone's got their decisions to make. And I, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, at what uh, point were you looking at uh, flying and stuff like that? Have you always been interested in planes and stuff? Yeah, I've always been interested in it. I mean, uh, since I was really little, um, I've always, like, you know, uh, you know, played with little army dudes, and I always, I always respected uh, the military, um, like, a lot. You know, I was, you know, you see somebody, and you're like, thank you for your service. You know, like, you know, those guys, uh, they put their life on the line, you know, to preserve our freedom over here, and I think that that's really awesome, and I uh, want to do that. Um, that was um, a really big part of it, too. Okay, now I know you're, uh, I was talking to your dad, and he said something about, uh, uh, to get ready training-wise, obviously you're super fit being a, you know, high-level motocross guy, but he said you're training with, like, a track and field team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, right now I've been training with, uh, like, D1, uh, like, college football players. Like, uh, I, like I started training uh, football-type stuff because they do, you know, more lifting and, uh, running um so uh because i i haven't been riding i haven't ridden in about two months because i've just been trying not to get injured because uh it was actually really hard for me to join as it was i've only had uh one surgery on my collarbone and it took me about three months to uh actually swear in i swore in um this past sunday so yeah really it, it took me a while and i'm not even i'm not even close to as injured as most riders you know my brother is more injured than me um pretty much every rider i know is more injured than i have been so i'm really lucky that i can take this path because i know my brother couldn't if he wanted to just because he's had sh- shoulder surgery wow is that stringent they eh? like they look into your uh physical stuff that much yeah 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 like i um you know basically uh like i've like i said i've only had one surgery um, and it's a collarbone, like collarbone's not even a big deal. Like it, um, doesn't restrict your movement. It's not really a weight bearing bone. It's not a big deal, but in their eyes, you know, um, they look at it as a liability. So, you know, it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, my brother, since he has had shoulder surgery, like he'll never be able to get in. Um, if you've had knee construction, broke your ankle, broke your leg, they won't let you in. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Like, uh, Air Force wouldn't take me off the start. Uh, Marines couldn't take me off the start. It's only Army and Navy that could take me because of my collarbone surgery. Wow, that's amazing. So what, like, what, so what happened? Like, so you say two months. So you, you know, you go in there, they check you out and all that kind of stuff. And they, and then what? It goes to, they have to go through a process of whether or not, do you have to go through some physical stuff, tests and stuff, or they just have to make a decision? Uh, so they do waivers. So waivers are, uh, are just like basically, um, you go to map, that's like where you, the military processing center, you know, you go there, um, and the, they have doctors there, you know, and you do, you do your physical and, uh, they give you waivers for things that they don't like on you. And then they send it up to a, their top doctor in the military and he looks at your file and he's like, yeah, this guy, he's only broken his collarbone. He's good. They look at another waiver. This guy, has terrible vision, not good. Don't let him join. You know that that's what a waiver is. Um, really? My waiver for my collarbone got approved. That's why I was able to join. Um, but yeah, so if you have any injury that that doctor thinks is gonna hold you back, 
he won't let you join. So, Man. yeah, that's uh, a hard process. Man, yeah, take the one. Yeah, no, I find this fascinating. It's it's, it's cool. So, so what? Um, so what? Uh, your dad said you went to. I think he said um, kind of orientation kind of thing. Yeah, I did uh, orientation uh, yesterday. Um, just uh, a PT test uh, before uh, boot camp starts. Um, yeah, just it's just like a little. You do the beat test. You, most people did it in high school, um, and then you do a deadlift and uh, you do uh, medicine ball throw and uh, standing long jump. That's the PT test before you can go to boot camp. Amazing. Now, being as fit as you are, how did you do? Did you kill it, or how are you? Yeah, I killed it. I had the <laughs> highest score of uh, any recruit oh, nice. um, from California, so that was pretty cool. Um, I got a $2,000 signing bonus for that, too, so that was cool. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, now, you're you're a little bit young, but uh, do you remember, like, have you seen movies like, um, you know, Stripes or uh, Hamburger Hill? Have you seen the, uh, <laughs> the uh, training I- part? Uh, I've seen, uh, a couple of military movies, not too many. Uh, I haven't seen Stripes or, uh, Hamburger Hill, but, uh, uh, I've watched a lot of videos of, uh, Blue Camp and what to expect on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, and I do those tests at home, uh, on my own time to see, like, how I'm doing. Um, I, like, when I started with, uh, the training that with those football players and stuff it's uh really fun like it's my second day now with them and uh i love it it's uh you know i've never felt this sore before but i love it it's awesome well what if you do so well they ask you to come out and play football i mean you probably <laughs> could the army has so many jobs to offer that you probably could play football but, okay. Uh, okay so what so yeah. you're heading into so, you know, when does this happen and what do you do? You walk in and you're like, I, sorry, I've seen so many of these darn movies that I'm just like, I'm freaking out here. I hope it's as funny as Stripes. Yeah, no, <laughs> it'll be funny. I mean, most of the guys there, you know, uh, it's that everybody is really cool. Um, it seems like the Marines are a little bit of, like some of them are hard asses, but the, the Army seems pretty chill. Um, everybody's super nice and friendly, uh, you know, because it's a big team. It's uh not very toxic environment. It's good. Everybody wants to build each other up and succeed. They all have a similar goal. So okay, so yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So map map this out for us here. You kind of so you, it's the army you're going into. So you're going into basic training and what what's uh, how does it run? What how does this work? Uh, I go to basic training um, October 26th, uh, and how it works is you just uh, basically you go down to map. Um, you swear in for a second time, and then uh, you hop on the bus and you go to the airport in San Diego. Um, hop on a plane, fly to Georgia. That's where my boot camp is, the Fort Benning, yes. and uh, I'm there for 24 weeks. 24 so. weeks. Wow. Yeah, that's how long boot camp is for infantry. So, and then okay, okay. So when that finishes, then is that's when you get to specialize more, or what happens next? Uh, yeah, so, um, while I'm in boot camp, they do, uh, I think it's eight PT tests. You do one at the beginning, and then throughout the, the weeks, uh, they'll do other PT tests just to see, like, your progress. And, uh, that's when I can get accepted into, uh, like, airborne school and ranger school. 
and I really want to do uh, both of those because I want to do like special forces uh, type stuff. I want to be you know the best soldier I can be. So um, those schools are only uh, I only have those opportunities if I have a really high PTA test score. So that's why I've been doing this. Uh, like that's why I joined this uh, football team to train with them um, and uh, get ready because. Uh, hopefully when I go there, um, I can have the highest PT score in my, uh, boot camp so that I can get those opportunities to be the best soldier, you know? Man, that's amazing. Hey, hey, think about me when, uh, when the first person says, you call me Francis, I'll kill you. You don't, you don't get, you don't get that joke, but, uh, you will. Okay. <laughs> Francis. Remember Francis. Francis. I'll think of. <laughs> I'll think of you, Billy. Think of me when, you, when somebody makes a Francis joke. You think of me. Okay, so what's um what's the worst? Uh, what do you think's the worst Air Force movie ever made? Well, I guess that I don't know. Oh, I think I, was, I've only seen good ones. I've think, seen like Top Gun, and I'm that's Navy, but it's still yeah. And it's also cool. it's also on most of everyone's top worst list. Really? Oh, yeah. People don't like Top Gun. No, I like did Top you? Gun. You like Top Gun? Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Oh, so I like, Emily did too. <laughs> See, I'm a beach volleyball player, so I can't watch that kind of volleyball. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, all right. So, basically, that's. Uh, I'm just. I'm just uh, thrill. Uh, just fascinated by this whole thing. But uh, okay, so you want to be a pi- a pilot, right? Would we'll just be um. When you're going there, we get like an education to any kind of other stuff, or is this de- going straight to being a pilot, or do you go to like school of some sort? Well, I'm uh, so my path is going to be so basically my whole path is like I, if I read it, wrote it out how I want it to play out is mm-hmm. so I'm joining as infantry 11x, um, then I want to do airborne school, ranger school at Fort Benning, uh. Then hopefully I get assigned to like a special forces unit or a ranger unit. Um, and then once I'm in those, like in a unit, I can start doing, um, schooling or without, you don't need a college degree to fly. So if I didn't get a college degree, um, I can apply for warrant officer and warrant officer is just, uh, uh, high school education. Um, you can have a high school education and fly basically. It's just a different, uh, classification, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. and then you can do one officer flight training, and that's where you go to aviation school in the army, and they teach you how to fly and stuff. And if you have really high scores, you can choose what helicopter you want to fly and stuff like that. So really, so but it's, that's kind of how the path plays out if it went perfectly. Really, so these people like uh, just kind of like racing supercross. The people that you see flying in the uh, air force and stuff like that, they were all like top of their class and stuff. It's not just uh, put your time in and get there. You've got to work for it. Yeah, you have to work for it. Um, fighter jet pilots are the top of the class. Um, if you're uh, just like like other planes, you don't always have to be the top of the aviation class. But the top like two percent in the class, top four percent, those guys are the fighter jet pilots. So if you see a if you know something applies fighter jets, they're really good at what they do, so definitely give them props. Wow. Have you picked out your nickname for your helmet yet? Uh, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> How about put Bjorn again? Oh, so you won't get that joke either. They're a, 
they're a high level um, ABBA group. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Let's just we'll just move on. Yeah. All right, buddy. So, um, man, again, like I say, I could I could ask you a ton of questions about this stuff, and I'm going to keep bugging you along the way because I'm just uh, I think this is a, just uh, pretty wild. So, um, looking back over your motocross career, what would you? What was your right now? If I ask you, what stands out for you? What do you remember? Uh, definitely my favorite race was my last race, and that was Spring Ding Ding at Underground uh, in Texas. Um, uh, that that whole week was super fun. I uh, got I got third in the Open Pro class, and then uh, I got a championship in College Boy, and it was uh, it was just really fun racing. Everybody was super fast there, and uh, yeah, I got some bar banging, uh, you know, a couple crashes, you know. It was just a really good weekend. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You're going out uh, going out on top, you know, going out on high, and I'm sure Harold's going to be happy to hear that you said uh, his race was your favorite. So. That's cool. Now, hey, okay. One uh, another question. How's uh, how's your little brother doing? How's Noah doing after his big crash? He's fine. I mean, he hasn't really had any pain or anything like that. Um, he uh, he hasn't been riding dirt bikes, but he's been uh, riding our little pump track on his dirt jumper and uh, and stuff like that. Um, it's a pretty good battle scar. He's gonna have it forever, but it's uh, he'll be fine. Okay, well that's good to hear. Hey, I saw, I saw the video of that uh, that little track down there. Who's who's the oldest guy to go down it properly? Is your dad doing it? No, no, no. <laughs> He'd crash if he did it. But I think I could. Do I'm, it if I'm I not. think I'm the oldest one that does it. You because, are like, yeah. It's uh, I'm the oldest, and Noah's second oldest, and then uh, we have some neighbors that come over that are younger. And they ride it, so. Well, when these borders open, I'm coming down there and showing you what an old guy can do. Oh, yeah? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Better have a helmet, Billy. Oh, I have, yeah. oh, oh, I have a helmet. Oh, so you won't get that reference either. Google that yeah, one. Yeah, all these references from movies that I've never seen. Yeah, but these are movies you should have seen. Go Google, uh, oh, I have a helmet. Oh, I have a helmet? Yeah, Google that one and see what you get. <laughs> hope you're writing it down all right hey hey bjorn um and thanks for talking and I'm, I'm like i say i'm fascinated in this it sounds like it's going to start happening uh do you have your costume figured out for the big uh <laughs> basic training uh mixer halloween party sorry you're breaking up a bit what'd you say oh sorry i was just being silly here thinking because you're going to show up there and it's going to be halloween so i was wondering if you had your costume yet oh uh no hopefully they give me a costume you probably get you're only allowed. You can't really bring anything with you to boot camp. You're allowed to bring, I think, it's fifty dollars, um, two pairs of clothes, and uh, your wallet and your phone, and that's pretty much it. And then you give your phone to them, and uh, you kiss it goodbye for twenty four weeks. So that's that's pretty much how it works. That's amazing. Do you like rules that much? Um. I mean, I like rules as much as anybody. Um, <laughs> they're all right, but I'm uh, I'm excited for them because uh, you know it'll teach me uh, discipline um, on another level, and uh, and I know that everything they teach me is going to be a really a really good skill to have. You know, dude, how's your mom? How's Cheryl taking this? She's pretty mad. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have asked. 
No, it's fine. My dad's super happy with it. My mom, she's, you know, being a mom, she's, uh, you know, she wants me to, like, do knitting or something like that. Yeah, live at home forever yeah. and do knitting. Yeah, cook cookies and stuff like that. <laughs> Bake some cookies. All right, buddy. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with us, man. I'm, uh, like I say, it's this whole thing fascinates me. And uh, maybe, I'll, well, I guess I won't even be able to get a hold of you once you're gone. But uh, <laughs> just remember Francis. I will. I'll remember Francis. <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. I'll uh, I'll let you get going. But, uh, man, yeah, again, thanks for taking the time. We'll uh, hopefully talk to you soon. And, uh, man, all the best. Thanks, Billy. Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.